Podcast. I'm Ray Vanwater. I'm Julie Swear. I'm Jade Maskell. And joining us today is Woody Zool. How's it going, Woody? Oh, real good. And so you're you're currently at the Agile 2012 conference, right? Yeah, I sure am in Grapevine, Texas. It's really it's really nice here. Awesome. Have you have you seen anything uh, uh, like totally uh, awesome there in the, in the last few days? Yeah, I, well, I've gone to a lot of um, a lot of sessions, and and they've been great. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, it's really nice to see in person some of the the people that I've uh, read books and and followed for so many years. A few of them are old friends now, but uh, some of them I'd never seen before. Uh, the, I think the top thing for me so far has been uh, a little one-hour session by Robert Martin uh, on uh, on clean code and as you can imagine that's uh he's always good with that stuff uh mary poppendeek who uh her and her husband i guess wrote that uh lean software development book which i've put to great use over the years and completely worn out several copies uh eric mead i just saw a uh, session by him just a few minutes ago on uh, kind of on a decision making and it's it's a lot of eye-opening stuff Overall, uh, I think what I'm seeing is that people are really moving forward beyond just the simple agile ideas and trying to figure out some bigger problems, and uh, I'm enjoying that a lot. Right. So when we uh, we had talked to a previous guest, I think it was helping organize the event, was telling us that there is a going to be a much bigger focus on the technical side of things. Is that, have you have you been seeing that a lot, or is it- yeah, there's a, a development stage. I think it's called development practices. Uh, stage um, and it's uh, I've gone to several uh, of those sessions uh, and but I haven't been able to go to all of them there they were doing like a sort of a, a code retreat today and uh, so that's kind of interesting I wasn't able to stop in on that but those are very you know code and uh, and coding practices focused sessions and uh, that's sort of my focus uh, that's where I like to. That's where I think I bring the most value is is knowing about that stuff and bringing that to my team and things like that. Awesome. So, what yeah. do you you wanted to talk about? Uh, agile success. Oh, uh, yes, agile success. Yeah. What, what so, does that mean for you? Okay. Yeah. I a, a while back uh, I started noticing a lot of people over the years. I've been doing what you might now call agile for about. Uh, geez, since 1998, so you add up the years. And uh, when I was first introduced to it, it was the, the team I was on. Uh, I knew nothing about it except for what I'd read. But the team I was on was what I would consider, you know, ultimately successful. They were extremely good at cranking stuff out of extremely high value. So, um, and and as I watched what they did, I said, I just want more of this. And then I went out into the real world and looked for projects that either people were saying they were doing Agile or wanted to do Agile. And and I very rarely found anybody being effective. They were either hoping to do Agile or wanting to do Agile, but they just hadn't gotten there. And uh, I've been through a lot of those things. So... Uh, going to these conferences and these things like the Open Agile and all the users groups, I've talked to a lot of people who are still trying to figure out how do I get this working for me. So I put together a little talk just on the what I would consider the main things, which is the, the Agile values and principles. And it always seemed to surprise people that these things existed, which really bothered <laughs> me. That you know that's sort of where you should start. That's what gives you a way to judge. Is this practice I'm doing helping me? Am I thinking in the right way to get where I want to go? It's kind of like something I think I learned when I was a, a young man or actually a teenager. And this very, very old guy that I knew, he was in his 80s when I met him. And he, he, 
he was really genuinely good. He was good to everybody. He treated everybody nicely. And then I knew some other old old people who were pretty crabby all the time. And I started noticing they either leaned towards being crabby or leaned towards being good. And, and not too many in the middle who are sort of half crabby, half good. And so it kind of dawned on me that you kind of gravitate to whatever you allow yourself to be. And so I've kind of held that through my life. I want to always lean towards the good if I possibly can. And so when I'm old, people say, you know, he's a, a nice old man. You know, that's, <laughs> that's my goal in life. So that's sort of what the Agile Success Talk was about. If we, if we lean towards the Agile principles, then whatever we decide to do for practices are going to hopefully be agile. And if they're not, we're going to hopefully, more than anything else, adopt that idea of uh, retrospectives or reinventing ourselves continuously. So if you if you really adopt at least that one principle, you'll hopefully get better as long as you do it, you know, in a somewhat uh, uh, consistent manner. So what were, what were people's reactions to that, uh, that preposition? Well, so what happened is the, the, the people that, um, that were trying to do Agile but hadn't even caught on to the idea that, that the values and principles are what should be guiding us, although that seems fundamental to me. Um, once I started doing that talk, then people would come up and say, well, we're already trying to do all this stuff, but we're having these other problems. So I ended up eventually, anyways, adding some of my own principles and values. And, and that's sort of an important thing is there's a – the, agiles, uh, the Agile values and principles were kind of locked down quite a while ago. and we that might That doesn't sound very Agile. Exactly. <laughs> so we've got to be ready also to sort of um, you know, adapt. We're the inventors. We're the innovators. No less so than anyone else. So we have to take responsibility for our own process and where we're headed. So you know, I, I kind of gave myself three, what I would consider three new maxims i had to come up with something because they already were using values and somebody and, and they're using principles so you know i figured uh, i'll use some other terms so for the moment anyways i'm i'm calling them maxims but one of them is this it's in the doing of the work that we discover the work that we must do hmm. and, and if we trick ourselves into thinking we can figure out what we're going to do before we actually do the work we're, we're always going to fail so that to me is a critical maxim and and that kind of it's my focus every day as we do the work we're going to discover the things we didn't or couldn't figure out before we started doing the work yeah i really like uh, that you have a do you have a good story where maybe that that maximum came true for you oh sure oh, i've got tons of them uh, so don't get me started but um, <laughs> a good example is is in a very simple uh, little project i was working on uh, there was a, a couple little features that we wanted to do, and they had written out exactly what they wanted. And I, I should change it, uh, what I just said. The, the requirements for this document were dozens of pages or for, for this project, dozens of pages. Oh, that's another one of my rules. I, I don't like to call things projects. We're doing development. Let's say we're doing software development, not software projects. Projects is like a, making a deck or making a model airplane. All the instructions are there, and you've got all the parts. Put it together. But anyways, see, now I'm going on and on. <laughs> But here's the thing. Um, they would have these huge they, – they, they put together these huge documents, and the team kind of got you know, blocked on actually getting any work done. And they got to the point where, where they were making no progress, and they were starting to break the already working project that was in production. And they weren't keeping very good 
control of their source code, so they were really getting into a mess. So what we did is we just sliced off, you know, they like the term sliced off, a little bit of functionality that would give them um, that would give them some value today. That they, if they could have it today, they could be making more money with this little bit of functionality. And so uh, I, I said, well, let's make a little prototype of that. And so that's another thing. You always have to call things a prototype because nobody understands, you know, uh, that we're going to work on the real project a little bit at a time. But if we might make them a prototype, that makes sense. So we made a little prototype. They took a look at it and they said, well, you know, we want to change this and we'd like to change that. Now, we had written this little bit of functionality based on their nice uh, instructions in their requirements document. So it should have been correct, but this proved to them, I think, real quickly without us saying anything that those documents really weren't the final say on what this was supposed to be. It was in the making of this little feature. It wasn't much. Uh, and I can't tell you what it was. It was kind of a proprietary thing. But um, this little feature that they'd start discovering what they really wanted to do. But the bottom line of that story is after we got about the first five or six really top features, all the rest of that thick document went away. They didn't even ask for any more of it. They switched to another chunk of functionality they wanted to work on that's the real value of agile maximizing the amount of work that we don't do you know that's that's really a, a wonderful saying so there we go awesome you want another maxim or yeah, yeah, yeah let's yeah, go to the next zero. one yeah okay so this next one i think what i've been seeing a lot is 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 projects and i hate to use that term but these are projects where where they want the promise of agile and the big part of that is responding to change Mm -hmm. But you can't really do that unless you really have easy-to-read code that's easy to maintain and easy to grow. So my next thing is embracing change is impossible if your code is not easy to read, easy to maintain, easy to grow, and easy to change. I learned that stuff from my little brother who's also a programmer. Everything else is secondary. If you don't get that in there, you're not going to be able to do Agile. It's got to be easy because you know, when somebody comes in and says, wait, wait, we got to change this thing, and now it takes you, you know, have you ever heard this one where they say, well, you should have told me that in the first place because now <laughs> we can't really change it without pushing the deadlines out. We don't ever want to have to use that excuse. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's yeah. great. I always ask that. Does that make sense? That's probably probably kind of a faulty thing to ask, isn't it? Because <laughs> if you didn't understand, I couldn't tell. <laughs> but anyways, so the third maxim is really a simple thing. And remember, this is the advanced part of the course, right? This is not the basics. This is really advanced. For people who are really trying to do this, and this is the maxim, question everything. Yeah. And the main thing I question is the things that I think are the most true. Whenever I catch myself going, no, this is the way it is, that's the thing I start questioning. Why did I allow myself to get that rigid about something? But I question everything. You know, like we were saying uh, earlier, even even the uh, Agile Manifesto. Not that I need to change it. I just want to make sure I'm on track with it. So if it doesn't bring value, if something doesn't bring value, I want to discover that. 
and maybe I can't discover it, but I'm going to keep questioning. Someday, if something somebody brings to me something I'm doing wrong, I want to hear it, I want to evaluate it, and I want to change if it turns out I'm doing something wrong. I, I want to deliver as much valuable software as quickly as possible in a very sustainable manner. Not all projects are that way or not all companies are that way. And again, I don't like to call these things projects because I want to see them going on forever. Let's keep adding value to it as long as there's value that can be added. I probably used up our whole time already, huh? Not, we got a quite. few more minutes. So the, the question everything, I like that one. It, it seems to go right in line with uh, respond to change and also in, inspect and adapt. Which oh, yeah. Is, that's the inspect and adapt right there. Right. Yeah, I just said it in different words so that I could copyright it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good, though. I mean, back to your 12-page you know, feature document uh, story that you told us, you know, that, that was something that, that you could have questioned right from the beginning. Uh, yeah, I would myself question it, but a lot of times when you get into an environment where this is the way they do business, yeah. you, you, have to, um, you have to find a story that they can understand. And they can't understand the Agile story often because they're kind of, you know, if this is the thing, Agile, although it really seems obvious to me, for whatever reason, doesn't seem obvious to a lot of other people. What seems obvious is, hey, let's make our plan and follow our plan and we'll get it done. Okay. You know, everybody's excited about that. They think it makes sense. Um, but, you know, I like the more, you know, from the uh, Napoleon's, uh, you know, rules of war or whatever he called them, the engage and see. Let's get in there. We'll get to, the, to wherever we got to be. Let's start a battle and then let's see what the enemy does. Then we can decide what we need to do. But until we do that, you know they're ready to trick us with something we don't know what's coming down the road mm -hmm. we want us we want them to show their hand before we show ours well this isn't really a war but i like to engage and then see what what we get and that's that's in the doing of the work yeah that's awesome yep so you i believe that you're working uh very closely with the uh the, the group that's organizing the agile open socal that's coming up right yeah yeah, that's a great little uh, conference in uh, at UC Irvine. That's coming up, uh, I think that's September 13th and 14th. That's pretty, uh, coming up pretty soon. Yeah, we, uh, some of you guys were at that last year, I remember. Yep, and Drew, Drew and I are planning to be at the, uh, planning to be there as well. Yeah, it was a whole lot of fun. I, that was my first open space format, and I loved it. Ah, yes, and I, that's a good point. You, the first one you go to is always the best. The rest of them are pretty disappointing. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm kidding. I think I've been to 10 or 12 of them now. And the very first one I went to was at a Scrum Alliance uh, Scrum Gathering thing. And uh, uh, Diana Larson was the, the facilitator, and it just floored me at how wonderful it was. Yeah, she's so, great. Uh, She's great, and and the whole the whole uh, event was great. And then this this one, uh, I got a chance to get involved with it a couple three years ago, and um, and last year I kind of was the the, the main host or whatever, and uh, I jumped right on board to do it again this year. It's a wonderful event at a very nice little venue. It's very inexpensive right now. Through the end of August, there's the um, you know the early bird uh, registration, mm -hmm. so you can save a little money. But it's cheap anyways. Uh, it's two hundred and fifty dollars right now. It's one hundred and fifty. If this thing broadcasts before then, people can take advantage of that. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's well worth going to. It's it's also um, small enough 
to uh, really get to know everybody that's there. And, and I think that's a wonderful advantage of these uh, nice little conferences. Uh, this one here, uh, the Agile uh, 2012, it's really great, but I'm just overwhelmed by the number of people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's huge. I don't know how many people are here, but at least 1,500 or something. Yeah, it's a very different kind of conference. All right. Yeah, I'm for a small town guy like me, I, I'm pretty <laughs> scared. scared. It sounds awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to being there and, uh, and hanging out with you. Well, this has been great, guys. Yep, Anything yep. else you want to cover? No, nope, that's it. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing this and uh, and hearing your uh, broadcast. I guess you go out every week. Yep. yep. Excellent. That's why you call it Agile Weekly, huh? <laughs> that's right. Very cool. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot, Woody. All right. If there's something you'd like to hear in a future episode, head over to integrumtech.com slash podcast where you can suggest a topic or a guest. Looking for an easy way to stay up to date with the latest news, techniques, and events in the Agile community? Sign up today at agileweekly.com. It's the best Agile content delivered weekly for free. The Agile Weekly podcast is brought to you by Integrum Technologies and recorded at Gangplank Studios in Chandler, Arizona. For old episodes, check out integrumtech.com or subscribe on iTunes.